0: Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Going back to work after having a baby can be discombobulating. Chances are you will still be sleep deprived and it may be difficult to imagine leaving the house without baby substances smeared all over you. You might be thrilled to be going back into the adult world at the same time as being sad at leaving your baby. Whatever your experience, going back to work is something many parents have to juggle. Emma Walsh is the Executive Officer of Parents at Work, an organisation that is all about making workplaces more family-friendly. Hi, Emma. How are you?
1: Hi, Siobhan. Good. Thanks for having me.
0: Pleasure. Now, maternity leave can be weeks, months or a year. Is there anything parents should do before they go on maternity leave or while they are actually on maternity leave that will help their transition back to work?
1: Yes, I think there's the strong answer from me. Look, I don't think you can ever do enough thinking and planning about what's really important to you when it comes to work and family life because for all of us, you know, work and family life is full of ups and downs and lots of things that we plan for don't necessarily play out do they so the ability to constantly be reflecting on what's important to you where am i at um, what are my my things that are important to me at work and at home and how can i be making sure that they stay in focus so um Planning, obviously, before you go on leave is the first time, I think, for many people that they're really thinking about, gosh, how's this all going to work when I have baby? And one of the things
0: that I find people struggle with the most is working out how long they're going to want maternity leave for. Mm. Because you can't actually know really until you're
1: there, can you? No, that's right. And this is what I mean around you can't do enough planning because um, best laid plans never never do kind of work out, right? The way that we realise when we have that birth plan that just didn't happen. <laughs> yes. um, but it, I guess what I'm talking about when I'm talking about planning is really thinking about your options, as I said, to what's important to you. So um, you might... Think about as you're going on leave. Look, I think I'm roughly going to have six months off or nine months off, but you know, I might tell my leader or my workplace that I'm going to have 12 because that gives me a buffer, right? So, if I change my mind and I'm ready to come back a little bit earlier, then that gives me some wriggle room to come back and have that conversation. So, I think being able to make some plans but keep these options open, like a number of different plans, so that if one you can see that you thought was going to work suddenly isn't going to work, you've already gone, well, you you know, I thought that might play out. So I've thought about plan B, right? So I'm going to now go down that route. Because I what I do see is I see a lot of people putting plans into, this is how it's going to work. I've spoken to my manager. I, he said, I can go back three days a week and I've planned these days and it's just going to work like this. And then of course, magically, it doesn't when they go <laughs> back and then they think, oh, how did that go wrong? Um, And I think, yeah, so how do we make sure that we almost plan the unexpected to have a number of different things that um, might be able to play out if one option that we're invested in doesn't actually pan out? And depending
0: on your workplace, like I'm kind of assuming in these scenarios that people have an employer they're going back to, there are, of course, lots of different options. ways people go back to work after having a baby. It's not Mm. always into a position that's been held for them Mm. um, because you've got casual workers, freelancers, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We'll leave that to another day because otherwise we'll be speaking for an hour. Mm -hmm. If this person, if someone is going back to a job that's been held for them, how much contact should they keep with their manager in that period? Because I think in our minds we go, oh, maternity leave, I'm not at work, so Mm. I don't want to have anything to do with work. I just want to concentrate on my baby. Mm. Is that fair enough or should you be maintaining contact with them through that period?
1: Mm. Mm. Well, look, it's a personal choice, isn't it? Um, The one thing I would say is that, if you are emotionally and financially really invested in your work and you love your job and you do see it as something that you really want to be returning to, then it's in your best interest to be keeping in touch, isn't it? Because it's your baby in a work you know, your work baby. And you want to make sure that it's being cared for and, and looked after in a way that you want to return to so I always think it's your job if you really love it and you want to come back to it then do what you need to stay in touch with that in a really great way that works for you and obviously works for the employer if you're really open to a change when you're coming back and you're not entirely sure you're really emotionally invested in that job you had look sure the argument might be then don't stay in touch you know because you might really wanting to be setting yourself up for something else and what you don't want to be doing is keeping in touch all the time giving your manager the impression that you can't wait to get back to that job but actually you haven't yet let them down that you've no intention of coming back right <laughs> so I think it is a personal choice but really think about your emotional attachment to the work that you're doing and yeah how closely you, you want to be aligned to it while you're away um, and what's going to make you feel like you've got that attachment and it clearly communicates to your manager or your workplace that yeah you are in really engaged in in them and the work that you do there because i'm
0: assuming it's not putting up your hand to say hey if you've got some overflow send it my way it's no. literally just to
1: say i'm here still To say, how's it hi. going yeah. checking in how are you how's things um you know i think the for those of us that are you know, have a, a job and a team that we really feel like we belong with. You know, they're our tribe when we're at work. Then, you know, to cut yourself off because you think you really should be cutting yourself off because you're on parental leave um, and, oh, you know, everything should be about my baby. I shouldn't really talk to work because, you know, that's the wrong thing to do. I think really you're, you're cutting yourself off, to, you know, in that in that instance, and it's probably not the best thing to do because these work relationships, you know, they're important. For many of us, we've spent more time at work than we've had necessarily at home. And if you've got some really great relationships at work, I don't think that there's any harm at all in, you know, keeping in great touch with those people. Um, If they're going to be the kind of people that you want to say hi to and have a good relationship with, they're going to want to know how life's going with your baby. Um, And for many team and managers they're not sure that they want to impose on you right you're on break they don't want to be calling you every five minutes and you know so sometimes there's some reticence from you know those people not wanting to intrude on your time so sometimes the onus is up to you to go hi i am here just check it in how you going let's catch up um so i think that's the kind of thing that i'd be advising and, and perhaps expecting if um if that's how you feel about your workplace
0: that is a very positive look at work and mm. having good relationships with the people you work with. Mm. Of course, there are many mums who go on maternity leave only to return and find that their job they're going back to is not the job they left, mm. even if they'd been led to believe that they were going back in the same role. There's mm-hmm. that whole restructuring that yes. many parents get. Um, what are the rights we mm. have as parents on? maternity leave or paternity leave that we should be aware of.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's, I'm really glad you brought this up because this is one of the issues that actually stops men taking parental leave, actually, because so many of them are fearful that their jobs just won't be there when they get back. And for many of those men, they see themselves as primary earners and providers. And whilst they're really happy to take a short break with um, their child, this great fear of, you know, missing out on, you know, the job opportunity that might, you um, they might be passed over for is really great. So I think that's great to bring up and the same is true for many women as well. Um, Look, the reality is that if you are in a role that you permanently um, are attached to and your contract says that you're a permanent employee, your employer has an obligation to keep that role open for you, provided that your tenure has been over a 12-month mark. Um, Now, they don't have to give you exactly the same job back and I think this is where it sometimes can go awry, right, because the employer thinks, oh, I haven't got that exact job to give them that person back. But hey, I've got another job over here. It looks pretty good and it pays the same. You can have that one. And actually legally in those kind of instances, they're often right. You know, if it's a very similar role um, and status and pay, then the employer can argue they could slot you into that role. Um, But often there's a very grey line and sometimes we can find ourselves being talked into a role that actually isn't that comparable and yet it seems to be the only job on the offing and if we don't take that well we can't help you uh so i think in those kind of instances it's always really prudent to pull up your old job description if you've got one really make sure you do the analysis with the old one and the new one that's being proposed to you making sure that they write it down what they're proposing because i hear lots of verbal conversations that go on very little written down so my advice would be get it written down what your leader or workplace is suggesting that you'll do when you get back so that you can do that comparison and you can go back and say hey look this is aligned or it's not aligned and then being able to get into a conversation ba- based on really facts rather than concepts so that you can actually get in there and decide whether it's right for you or not
0: the other dark side that I've heard mm. about is when a mother will come back and they've been told their role is redundant. Now, mm. I know this is illegal, but what I've heard so many times is that um, one friend in particular was a single mum, they came back, she came back, they said, "We don't this job isn't here for you anymore." Um, and they offered or something like that, but she ended up signing a confidentiality agreement so she would get a payment. Mm. Um, and so she was kind of in a bind. Mm. even though she knew that wasn't legal that they couldn't just say this job isn't here for you to come back to she was like well if I fight them on this I mm. am a single mother without an income and I'm mm. fighting them through the courts to mm. reinstate a job I don't even want now because mm. they've just done this to me mm. Uh and I don't know, how, how do you overcome something like that?
1: Yeah, it's, you know what, it, and it always makes me very sad when I hear those kind of situations because you know that they're the most vulnerable people in our communities. And, and I think, you know, the reality is that women in particular, mothers, are still the most discriminated group of individuals, largest group of individuals in any workplace that suffer discrimination. And it could be, you know, in relation to, at its worst, you know, losing your job on parental leave for no good reason. I mean, I'm not going to say that there aren't good reasons because organisations obviously have to change and restructure and sometimes that means that there isn't genuinely a role. But where we see those kind of instances where the person has been, um, you know, intentionally, you know, Obviously, written out of the organization and moved on for no apparent good reason, and there's been very little restructure information provided, um, then there may well be a case for discrimination. Now, for those people that aren't able to really, you know, in that kind of scenario you've just given, be able to defend themselves in a way that, you know, straight away with a good lawyer or a good partner to really support them, is that human rights? Um, Australia Commission is a good place to start to go and really speak to them it's free service to be able to lodge your claim to say I feel I'm being discriminated against because I'm a parent and you know they've made my role redundant and they will help you take you through a process as to which you know what can be done essentially and so it's important to know that that service is available to you if that's what you feel might have happened to you. Um, So that would be my first point of call. Before doing that, though, I think it's really important, again, you gather as much evidence as you can while you can in those kind of scenarios. So I'd really be encouraging as you're planning your return to work in those kind of scenarios or they're announcing it before you've even had a chance to plan your return, is to be able to, in writing straight away, go, I was planning on coming back. Are there no other roles in the organisations that can accommodate me? Please write back with what options you're going to have available for me. So you can get as much dialogue happening as you can on paper because that's all going to be useful information if you do have to proceed with some kind of further discrimination or legal action later. We'll be back with Emma from
0: Parents at Work right after this. After having kids, just getting enough sleep is a challenge, let alone getting back into the workforce. The Mother Shift is a brand new babyology podcast hosted by author, Sky News presenter and mum of two, Jacinta Tynan. She talks with different mums about the work-life juggle. Did you think it was going to be pretty seamless?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I thought it was, you know, I was going to have a baby who slept. I was going to, you know, it would be a dream pregnancy and then a dream baby. I did think I would go back more days than I did. And then after I had my son, I actually only wanted to go back one day because I was enjoying my time with him so much. And these children, yes, they can't survive without us. But if you're not happy and you're not fulfilling who you are, how how can we be present to them?
0: Hear their real-life experiences on The Mother Shift by Babyology, available wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on to something that's a little less onerous, but sometimes can be difficult for people to talk about. Um, Let's say you have a full-time position and you've been with an organisation for a while. You come back, you thought before you had the baby, Mm full-time, this isn't that demanding. You come back, you think, oh, no, no way. I want to spend Mm. three days a week here, two days at home. Um, Do you have any rights there or is it all down to negotiation with your employer?
1: Mm. Yeah, so much of it is down to your negotiation with your employer, what's in your contract, if you're part of an enterprise agreement or not, all of those things. But I think when you're planning your return to work, as I said, the best thing to be really doing is having options, right? So a great thing to um, start with is to suggest a trial when going back to say look I'm thinking three days a week would that work for you yes yes that looks good and you kind of you know come up with what I call a uh, an arrangement let's say it's sometimes they're not carved in stone but it's pretty loosely agreed between you and your manager and you come back and then within sort of six weeks it's not kind of working as you say and you realize oh goodness three days wasn't enough or it's too much or whatever and or the leader or your manager might work that out And it's at that point, if you've really gone with an open approach around, let's just see how it goes for three months, and then we can just trial it, and we can up and we can down it, and we can this and we can that, um, then usually you're going to be in a better position to start negotiating, to be able to say, hey, we did say that we want to trial this, Um, I'm finding that three days at the moment is too much, could we actually trial this now? So in a way, I often think that the first 12 months really is a trial, Right. You know, it takes 12 months to get used to being back at work, juggling a baby, finding your mojo again, thinking about who am I as a worker and, you know, what's really important to me and how am I blending this work and family thing? So if you can kind of think in a way of the first 12 months as being a little bit of a trial and being open to uh communicating with your leader around oh that's kind of not working can I tweak it this can I tweak it that um that is a better approach because again what I see happening is these perfect if you like ideal arrangements where oh it's great I'm going back my manager said I can have three days I'm so happy it's all good it's going to be great um and then you get back there and it's not great because you can't perform your job in three days or you know like you know you don't like it anymore as much as you thought or whatever it might be. And if you haven't built in any room for flexibility or negotiation on that, often you can then find yourself stuck. It's that awful feeling where you wake up and you go, oh, I thought this is what I wanted and I feel bad because they gave it to me and now I'm really reneging. (gasps) I can't go back and say it's not working. I feel really ungrateful. They're not good. That's not going to, you know, that's not going to look good on me. I'll just resign.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and I, it's at that moment that I just go, oh, no. <laughs> you know, Because we know that if we approached parenthood like that when we just had a baby, you know, you don't get to say three months after I had a baby, actually, I just, parenthood, not working for me, just give that baby back. Um, So the thing is, we have to know that it's going to be an adjustment and that we're going to need to be flexible, be open to both sides negotiating and giving some wiggle room. So if you can design it in a way that you're going back saying, let's just trial this, see how it goes and we'll tweak as we go, that's a good start.
0: Have you got any advice about the emotional side of that? Because we've talked about all the very practical things, but of Mm -hmm. course, um, whilst you're going through Mm -hmm. the conversations with your manager or Mm -hmm. setting up those trials, you're also going through the process of leaving your baby behind for the first time Mm -hmm. and that can bring up a lot of conflicting emotions Mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. Have you got any suggestions on how Mm -hmm. to manage that? Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's the most common challenge actually. Um, I think people can get their head around, yep, okay, I've got to go back to work for financial reasons or actually really like my job and I'm going back and three days or four days or whatever, I've got that sorted out. And then this bit that they weren't quite expecting hits them. Oh, wow, you know, really missing my baby or actually emotionally, I'm not right. This is really, I've gone back too early or I've, or this, that, and the other, whatever it might be. I think there is not one parent who would say that they had smooth sailing approach to going back to work where it was all hunky dory on every level, emotional, financial, etc. cetera. Um, but the emotional one is the one that perhaps we don't talk about enough right or or as much because the manager expects to talk to you about the days and the hours and how it's going to work but they don't expect to suddenly be a counsellor around oh I'm sorry you're missing your baby oh can I make you a (laughs) cup of tea you know it's so this is important that we have a network around us to be able to say if that's how you're feeling and you're feeling particularly worried about that who are your go-to people your support people around you your friends your family that you can have that conversation with to say hey I'm feeling a bit wobbly about this might need to Bring you at the end of the day, might need a good cry, you know, and really being able to just, you know, build a support crew around you of people who are going to be your emotional support, as opposed to your logistics support and your target, and all those sorts of stuff. Someone who you know that's got your back emotionally that you can just download with at the end of each week, end of each day, whatever it is that works for you. Be Straight after c- drop-off. Yep. <laughs> that classic, you know, I, I think my twins cried for a full year at drop-off. And oh. they cried when I picked them up because they didn't want to leave. Right? <laughs> so I couldn't win.
0: <laughs> and you can't win. You candy. can't win.
1: Um, but we all have to come up with a strategy around how, how we're going to deal with it emotionally ourselves. And um, how is it? you know, what's our threshold for it too? Because I don't want people feeling like they just have to get on with it pull on the big girl pants or whatever and keep going because if it's really affecting you that deeply and you're really feeling quite paralyzed because these emotions are really pulling you really strong back to your child then you should really listen to yourself you know that really needs to be heard that calling and you do probably have to sit yourself down and go actually have I gone back at the right time is this right for me and the family maybe I do need to rethink this um so I I think it's really important that you come up with a few strategies of of having some support people around you that will give you the encouragement but i always say listen to your instinct and get a feel for what is going to be right for you and setting yourself little milestones is always really good you know what if i still feel this way in three months i'll think about it Mm. maybe i need to really rethink whether it's right for me so little time frames and milestones are really helpful
0: Perfect. Emma, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much. That's Emma Walsh. She's the Executive Officer at Parents at Work. For more information on the organisation and the incredible work they do, head to our website for links, babyology.com.au forward slash Love.